Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Okay, welcome back to part two, everyone, of The Moon Underwater. We are delighted to still be in the presence of Ezra Furman as she creates her dream bar. It's a bar that needs to be as close to drinking alone in your house as possible whilst not drinking alone in your house. But it's also got to be quiet, and it's got to give off a vibe that allows people to bar themselves. They've got to walk in and know it's not for them, and walk out again. And... In the bar so far, we have Old Style Sam Smith's Oatmeal Stout. Old Style being a traditional Pabst beer. We also have Miller High Life, the champagne of beers in bottle, and cans of Half Acre Pilsner. It's a very Chicago-heavy bar so far, but that reflects Ezra's pub in her own mind. Uh, But before we get back to this bar, Robin, answers to the quiz, please. Thanks, John. Yes, so this week's quiz, it was to do with... I gave you some words, and you had to tell me if they were a horror film or a metal band. So let's see how we all did. So the first one was Wolves in the Throne Room. Ezra, how did you get on with that? I guessed that was a band. John? I've also gone band. It is a band. They're an American black metal band from Olympia, Washington. Great name. Uh, Pigs, 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 pigs. Or pigs times seven, as they're sometimes known. Oh, well, have you given it away there? It sounds like it's a band. Oh, yeah, I fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did guess, I did guess band. Uh, No, I actually knew I have heard of that band. It's, it's a band you can't, you can't miss on the festival uh, billing, you know? Well, I'm not going to change my guess in spite of the little hint there. I guessed film because I thought it'd be like one of those sort of 70s exploitation films where there's an exclamation mark after every pig's. After Every Pigs, yeah. It's almost a better film name than, than band name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I can't believe I ruined that one for everyone and myself. Um, but, you know, they are a great band from Newcastle-upon-Tyne, the UK. And, yes, as I said, often abbreviated Pigs Times Seven. Question three was The House of Seven Corpses. Ezra? That one, I think it's a film. Okay, John? I've gone film. That is a film. It's 1973 American horror film, which starred John Ireland. Good fact. Question four, Blood on Satan's Claw. I went banned with that one. Banned? Gotta be banned. It's a film. What? 
It's a it's a really good film. It's a British kind of folk horror film from 1971, which is quite disturbing. Not least because the woman who plays Betty from Some Others Do Have Them is in it, <laughs> which is probably I'm guessing might not be a reference that Ezra knows. <laughs> I don't. Um, it's okay. It's a, I mean, how can you explain Some Others Do Have Them to? It's um, a, a slapstick sitcom about a, a, a guy who's always like putting his foot in a pot of paint or f- falling off yes. a ladder. Exactly, and his and his wife's called Betty, and you go, oh Betty, and that was the catchphrase. <laughs> I'm starting to collect these British cultural references. I watched a bit of like uh, Only Fools and Horses, you know. Yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> so I'm I'm starting to get the uh, defunct cultural references. I'll get there. Yeah, that should be your next box set. Some others do have. <laughs> I mean, you would not have a good time. It's all right. It's good. It's gentle, it's, it's harmless. It's pr- I say that, it's probably racist. <laughs> yeah. Well, it brings us back to Lou Reed. If it takes you out of it. Yes, we had one more question in the quiz, which was Dance Club Massacre. Ezra? I hate to say, but I think it's probably a band. I went band. It is a band. And they're actually from Chicago. They are a deathcore band. Oh, wow. So there we go. Yeah, it's like, I would hesitate. I would have hesitated for naming my band something that could have been a headline about a disaster at a show of a band yeah but good the point. arcade fire did it so <laughs> yeah good point fire in the disco what's the arcade fire one the suburbs no just that they're called the arcade fire it just sounds like oh i see right something Sorry. Went yeah, horribly yeah. wrong do you remember when they came out and there was another band called amusement parks on fire and it's like oh they must have been kicking themselves (laughs) around that time. Well, that's how I felt about, like, better than Ezra. Well, it's a great quiz, and Ezra wins four points to Ezra. I only got three. Superb quiz at Metal Band or Film. 80%. B minus. That's my... That's me all over. B minus on everything. That'd be a first, Oxford, 80%. So he's done it again. He's done it again. Um, (laughs) We must move back to your uh, wonderful pub, Ezra, and we now come to choose your two spirit choices. I didn't know where to put this. I guess it sometimes, you know, in the instructions, you use some some words that it's very clear to to British people like you what you mean by these words. And I felt a little Hmm. uncertain. So when we asked you what your favourite Some Mothers Do Have Them episode was, you were like... Okay. like it was like two bottles. Two drafts, two bottles. I guess what you meant by bottles is drinks that come in bottles. Yeah, yeah. I, I see now that that's obvious. And yet I thought, I don't know. I just thought, oh, there's there's beers that are on draft and there's beers that are in bottles. And they must have, must be only asking for beers. Anyway, what is a spirit? Like a like hard liquor. <laughs> in it's yeah, something like whiskey or vodka or gin or bourbon or So not ghosts. You're not you're not asking me to no, choose ghosts. You could choose two ghosts if you wanted to. No one's chosen two actual ghosts. Tommy Tiernan chose a ghost, didn't he? Did he? He chose a lot of things. I'll I'll I'll, I'll choose two two liquors, you know. I chose I chose Patron tequila and old granddad whiskey. Oh, I've not heard of that. What's Old Grandad Whiskey? Old Grandad Whiskey is an extraordinarily cheap whiskey. That hurts to drink. Um, <laughs> Do you ever have an old-style beer with an Old Grandad uh, Whiskey I chaser? would say I, I almost surely have. Um, I, well, I chose, I, I chose Old Grandad Whiskey because it's, it's tied to a, a memory, a particular person who I lived with rather briefly long ago. 
So it was really my first place on my own that I lived in, in Chicago. And I was 23 or something, and maybe 24. I, I moved in with these guys who were considerably older, um, maybe eight or 10 years older than me. Somehow it was a friend of a friend and um, I ended up living with these these guys that I I really didn't know them at all, and uh, they were like in their early thirties. I was in my early twenties. I was very like, okay, what's this gonna be like? They were they were like the the type of people who are disappointed at four a.m. when the bar down the street closes and they have to go home. So I'd usually wake up when they got home at like four fifteen in the morning. And they'd be like, uh, you know, getting ra- being real rowdy. And um, there was this fella. Well, I'll, I'll I'll just give him a false name right now. Let's call, let's call him Gerald. Uh, uh, Gerald Gerald was like a long haired dude with a with a imposing mustache okay. and uh, really into Neil Young and the Rolling Classic Rock. He he found out that I had never heard the entirety of the album Sticky Fingers by the Rolling Stones. And um, he literally was like, Ezra, sit down in this chair in front of the record player, and I'm gonna, you're gonna sit here and, and drink this old granddad whiskey and, until you've heard the stick, Sticky Fingers by the Rolling Stones, because I can't allow this situation to continue. So that's what I think of when I think of old granddad whiskey. Um. <laughs> it's got quite a, a literary history because uh, I've looked it up in my mind and it's referenced in quite a few things. It's in Steinbeck's Travels with Charlie. It's in Leonard Skinner's Whiskey Rocker Roller song. Right, I thought you said literary here. <laughs> you don't think the skin are worthy of uh, a literary, the literary canon, Robin? Robin, well, Freebird is the great American novel. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's also in a James Bond novel, Live and Let Die. It's in Cormac McCarthy's Cities of the Plain. Wow. And in Raymond Chandler's The Long Goodbye. And Charles Bukowski frequently mentioned Old Grandad in his stories, for example, in Post Office. Enough literary references for you there, yeah. Robin. I think that must be because it's like, it's memorably bad. Right. And I like bad things. I like cheap things and bad things. I don't know if I've well, made James that Bond has it in his old fashioned in uh, Live and Let Die. Actually, yeah, that's surprising. That's surprising. But then things sometimes, things that were once quite fancy can sort of become cheap over decades. Yeah. The, the blue ribbon winning perhaps blue ribbon becomes the sort of bottom of the barrel beer. Well, Robin, speaking of literary matters, we head over to you to the Moon Underwater Pub Library. What bookie, what book or prose or poem are you entering this week? Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Thanks, John. Welcome to the Pub Library, where every week we put a a new book into the pub library. And we can't, I mean, I'm just going to do your book, Ezra. Is that okay? That's okay, yes. Yeah, it's a it's a it's not about pubs, which is normally a kind of deciding factor of the book in the pub library, but it is the um, thirty three and a third book about Transformer because, as we said at the start of the episode, it is absolutely brilliant music writing about a very very interesting album. So, do you mind if I read a little bit from it? Okay, all right, 
Okay, I'll just cover my ears, yeah. Are you sure? No, I feel self-conscious. No, go ahead. It's gold. It's all gold. It's all gold. It really is. Here we go. It is its ambiguity that elevates it beyond simply being a good record to make it an utterly unforgettable one. What sets Transformer apart is that ultimately the whole album is in fact about ambiguity and the process of becoming rather than being. It is so uncategorizable in every aspect that even to call it uncategorizable is to suggest a framework that reductively pigeonholes the record. After all, there are plenty of legitimate categories fans use, a glam rock album, an early punk album, a commercial breakthrough, an album about sexuality or gender, but the thing is that Transformer actively aims to land neither inside nor outside any of these categories, not fully. It will inhabit a label for a moment long enough for you to think you can call it that, and then it will destabilize that label and sneer at you for using it. It is thoroughly non-committal, a work that, like its author, is so concerned with becoming, transforming, that it doesn't have time to actually fully be anything. In the end, this is what makes it so exciting. If you spend time with Transformer, it turns out to be an album about total freedom, a rejection of all terms and categories, a declaration of independence from anything and everything you thought you had to say about it. And that's why it's the greatest record ever made. (laughs) It's so good. I I would like to point out that that section, you cut off the beginning where the first sentence of the book is like, listen, Transformers is not the greatest album ever made. Yeah. Because, uh, right. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not my favorite, certainly. What's your favorite album ever made? My favorite album ever made? Um, I think, I mean, forgive me, but it is In the Aeroplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel, which moves me in a, on, to a degree and in a, in a way that no other record has really even come close. It's one of the strangest... And those beautiful things I've ever heard. I love it. It's brilliant. I think, I mean, me and John are huge fans as well. And like one of the things I get a bit frustrated about is it's become a bit of a butt of an internet joke somehow, you know? That's why I ask for your forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, but like, but the thing is, when you go back to it, it still retains that power. Like, it's so strange. And it's the sound of someone totally expressing themselves, you know? I think like it's the only time i've ever read or listened to anything that is actually dreamlike the experience of listening to it is like having a dream yes and it they avoid there's nothing worse than the bit in the novel you're reading where the character is describing their dream (laughs) i I just something about it is it you just switch off and you skip to the bit where they stop describing their dreams you don't care but in the airplane over the sea it's like being in a waking dream and it mm. and it leaves your memories of the album when you stop listening to it are like memories of a dream you had it's it's extraordinary i know those images shards of images that stay with you and and suddenly shifting view from something very small and personal to then this huge like big vision of of a big landscape oh man he- yeah, yeah. It's like he's just cha- channeling something as well, isn't it? It's like the words are just coming through him. It's. It seems to make no attempt to... There's no part of that album where it's like, this part is here so so that you understand and relate to it. It's like, no. It's like uh, they, they just put a dropper into his dreams and out it came. Mm. Well, I think sort yeah. of it, there's a sim... Not a, I mean, our favourite album of all time is Astral Weeks. And... I think there's a similar element to that. It's like 
it's about images and it's about little vignettes and little memories. It's not really trying to tell you anything. It's not trying to express anything, really. It's just sort of being in all of those moments. Yeah, there's something... That, that those two those two albums have something in common. It's, it's like this... They're dreamlike and, and emotional and uh, honestly, like, religious. They're, they, it feels like... Uh, they're sort of like visions. Yes, good word for it. Oh, I'm having such a great time. Um, anyway, well, speaking of music, we now have to add an album to the Moon Underwater jukebox. Uh, Ezra, every guest we have on the show gets to leave behind their dream pub album, the album they want playing in their bar when they walk in. You're perfectly entitled to pick In the Aeroplane Over the Sea, um, unless you feel it's not really bar music. So what album would you put on in uh, the Moon Underwater jukebox? <laughs> Best of Crazy Town. <laughs> wow, how could you distill it to a single album of the Best of Crazy Town? <laughs> um, I was thinking about this, and I would choose um, PJ Harvey's album "To Bring You My Love," which I don't—I don't know if you ever got into that one. I just like—I feel like oftentimes when I feel like drinking, I feel kind of uh, there's something antisocial about it. I, I want to feel like feminine and tough and like if you, I might bite your hand off if you reach toward me. And like that's, that's PJ Harvey to bring you my love. I guess like my most, uh, my most likely mood. I mean, sometimes I'm, a, I'm just in a happy social mood, I suppose. And I'll have a drink, but, but I feel like the deepest experiences I have with, uh, with drinking are, are, are when I'm like, I feel like a, like a rabid dog. <laughs> well, there's, um, the Nico Case brought out a box set of all her albums and it's called Truck Driver Gladiator Mule. <laughs> I really like that, that sort of version of sort of really, really powerful, aggressive sort of, but also like that femininity. I, I, I love the title for that box set for some reason. Yeah, I would, that uh, honestly, that sounds like a triumvirate description of what your job is as a touring musician, sort of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's pro yeah, that's probably what she's talking about. PJ Harvey's a great choice. I mean, and in, in particularly in like what we're saying with that the Lou Reed description you use there, you use there of the kind of uncategorizable. That's the thing I always think about PJ Harvey is she does she does kind of shape shift, and you never really sh you know it's kind of really hard to work out who she's being sometimes like her albums have changed so much over the years and stuff. Yeah. I true. And, and yet there's like a, seems to me to be a very unified voice or stance that PJ Harvey has, even from like, yeah, that tough bluesy stuff, like to like the most sort of ethereal sounding, like folk ballad type of thing. I don't know. It's like unmistakable, her mode. That blue-eyed girl, she said no more. That blue-eyed girl, blue-eyed Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, PJ Harvey it is to bring you my love on the Moon Underwater Jukebox. But now we head to your final choice for the bar, Ezra. What's your wildcard selection? Oh, yes. Manischewitz wine. Could you spell that, please? Manischewitz. M-A-N-I-S-C-H-E-V-I-T-Z. Love it. W-I-N-E for wine. Um, it's a drink made from grapes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Manischewitz is so, um, it's pretty much the go-to kosher wine that that Jews will be using at a, any kind of religious ceremony. There's others. There's, like, Kedem. And, but, but it's, like, this sweet wine and it's like supposed to be like dessert wine people who like wine hate this wine sounds like john would like it john likes sweet wines i've got a horrible feeling well not a horrible feeling a great feeling i've actually bought this wine because in my local tesco there's like a world foods aisle and they have kosher wine and i bought it because it's slightly weaker than regular red wine and it's I really liked it. These are these are perhaps all nostalgic choices for me in a way, but it's like, uh, yeah, it reminds me of Shabbat with the with my parents. It reminds me of Friday night dinner with my parents. I just I I want something there that has a different a cultural, you know, alcohol is such a it's it's so popular, it's so uh, universal that like. There are actually like alcohol experiences that culturally have almost nothing at all to do with each other, you know. Um, and I guess I, I I wanted one of those in there. The Manischewitz experience, I feel like, is a bar mitzvah. I feel like it's a drink that children are forced to sip. <laughs> <laughs> this gives me a warm feeling inside. You're bored. Well, we're almost at the end of the creation of your dream bar. We have completed uh, the drinks. We have old style, 
4.64%, which I, I question whether they're able to test it that accurately. Uh, Sam Smith's Oatmeal Stout, Miller High Life, the Champagne of Beers, Half Acre Pilsner, Patron Tequila and Old Grandad Whiskey with its literary references. On the jukebox, we have PJ Harvey's To Bring You My Love. And the wild card is Manischewitz Wine. But we have a little bit of admin to deal with before you leave us, Ezra. You're allowed to outlaw, bar or ban anything or any activity, anything you like, from uh, your bar. So what are you going to um, make illegal in your bar? I had a lot of trouble with this. I'm not, I'm not one to ban. I had trouble thinking of anything that is always bad. Um, without saying something like self-righteous, like homophobia like that's not a fun answer it's a good answer but it's not a it's not necessarily a fun answer you're correct <laughs> yeah and and then i landed on something that i that i unequivocally reject and that is um now i'm not going to say the british word for this i'm going to say my word for it okay cilantro whoa that's right whoa, wow wow i am wow, banning wow, wow. cilantro okay <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Press pause and rewind. Are you one of those people who genetically tastes it differently? Wait, hang on a second. Is cilantro coriander? Yes. Just yes. need to bring right. in the yes. Brits here. Bring in, yeah, We're yeah, talking okay. coriander, guys. I'm not sure why coriander would be in a bar or a pub, but, <laughs> but it's certainly not going to be in this one. Why is it anywhere? Because it's amazing. But does it taste like soap to you? Oh, I wish it tasted like soap. You just don't like it. It's, it's worse than soap. It's like, it's like, it's poison. Soap, you, you ingest it, you're like, oh, that tastes terrible, but I'm going to be fine. If I eat cilantro, I feel like it's a world-ending kind of feeling. Are you allergic to coriander? I'm not allergic. And you don't have the genetic, because you, you know the genetic thing, right? I do. I have the genetic thing. Yes, I do. Oh, you have the yes. right. Okay, I see. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. We're getting down to brass Now tacks. we're digging a little deeper. We're finding cilantro. And I guess like I, it's just, I just don't think I don't think soap is is it puts it strongly enough. It's this is so weird to think of, isn't it? Why doesn't any other herb have this thing where like some people think it tastes disgusting, like parsley? You know, once in a while, like some people think parsley tastes like cat food. Hmm? No, it, do- it doesn't. But like, imagine oh. if some people did think <laughs> they'd have that. Well, <laughs> I guess you know maybe this sounds harsh. I know some people, some people very close to me love cilantro slash coriander i just think you you said yourself why would it be in a pub and that's like it when you hate it like i do you you really notice every time it pops up and it's it's crazy how often it does you'd think you don't have to say it when you order a brownie but then there's a sprig of it on on the brownie and and you know it's like I think I have like a, see, uh, my genes, my taste genes are intact. That's what, that's how I think of it. I can taste what it actually tastes like. Right. It's been masked for oh, you. Maybe it's the rest of us. We've got the veil over our tongues, as it were, but you've seen the light with, tasted the light. I've tasted, tasted the... the horrible, soapy light. <laughs> okay, well, I, I think it's going to be pretty easy to enforce uh, that no <laughs> coriander comes into your bar. But it's it's fair enough, and I think you're right to say it's the only thing that you ob- objectively is always bad for you. 
so fair enough. There's going to be, I can guarantee there'll be no coriander in your bar. Thank you for your help on this. And that is my pledge. (laughs) (laughs) Hurry up, please. It's time. So before we let you go, we thank you so much for your time. We need to name this bar, Ezra. Oh, yes. Because otherwise, if it doesn't have a name, it can't have a sign. And if it doesn't have a sign, it can't reveal itself in the dusk. So uh, what what would you like to call your bar? I mean, I mean, I hold a space in my heart for an unnamed bar. But I'd like if, if a, a bar that doesn't have a name, big respect. But how do you look it up on Google? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's why the annoying people can't get there. But I think I have a good name for my for my bar. And I'd like to call it the anti-assimilationist. The anti-assimilationist. The what? The anti-assimilationist. <laughs> and tell me why. This is, uh, maybe it's, maybe you can look back on our conversation. It's, I feel like this theme has threaded through it. That like, um, what I want is less homogenization. I don't like when people try to be relatable and I don't like when people try to be liked and I don't like the instinct in myself to try to be liked or try to, I just, I don't, it's like become my guiding artistic and even cultural and social ethos don't water it down don't water anything down oh i'm trying to remember the franz kafka quote don't water it down don't edit it according to the fashions of the day just follow your obsession mercilessly (laughs) and like this is this is what i this is like maybe this is my message to the world that like I, I want to hear from um, people's real cultures as they are and not the version of it that is the presentable version. I want the queers to be queerer. I want the Jews to be Jewer, Jewier. Yeah. <laughs> well, not to try and make this too neat, but there is something of Lou Reed in that because I remember how it, people would always shout out like what songs they wanted, like old classics, like old Velvet songs when he was touring. And he would often sort of give them quite short shrift. And he was right, because unless you're doing what you're doing now, you're not doing anything. And he was always really, even his bad albums, he's really committed to them. He genuinely was committed to that sound at that time especially his love affair with fretless bass, which lasted for (laughs) like 15 years Uh of fretless bass. And sometimes it really works, and most of the time it really doesn't. But I I remember seeing him on stage and someone shouts out, like, White Light, White Heat or Perfect Day, and he literally goes, fuck, fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. And that's because you wouldn't get those songs if he was always playing the songs that people wanted to hear because he was sort of, you know, reinventing himself or whatever. But yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. And and resisting the impulse to make a sort of presentable self. Yeah, that is sort of his special power. I mean, like Transformer, it's like the drama of that record to me is like he he's 
he's had enough of being underground. He's like, I'm going to be a pop star now. And like, so let me just like shine it up and makes this sort of like pop record with David Bowie, except like he's, you can really just feel he's also trying to undermine the project. He's, he's sort of, he's grossed out by it. And like that, that tug of war is, I, I, I don't get tired of that because it's happening in me too. Well, Ezra, we thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute delight to speak to you. Your book has been a revelation. Your music is going to fill fill every corner of this sorry little house slash great imaginary pub that I'm in. Sorry. <laughs> keep up. The f- I'm in the pub. I'm not in my house. Um, but before you go, in order to play you out, we need a song from PJ Harvey's To Bring You My Love. So what track from the album would you like to play you out from this podcast? The Dancer by PJ Harvey, the closing track from To Bring You My Love, 1995. And what a year it was. And thank you. We we bid you adieu. Head back out to the bats. Head back out to your chariot and ride into the sky, into the other realm. I belong with the bats. <laughs> Head along with the bats. And we bid you adieu. And we will live to pull another pint. We wish you all the best. And we'll see you all soon, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.